0: With all of it, we do have some earnings to talk about, too. I've teased a little Nike here. We'll get into those numbers with Joe Mazzola joining us from Schwab, Director of Trader Education, here to talk some stocks with us this morning. Mr. Mazzola, great to see you. Great to have you here to talk some companies with us. This market is feeling pretty comfortable, it seems, after all the hawkish talk yesterday. What do you think?
1: I mean, it looks like the market and specifically the bond market could be pricing in a Powell soft landing. I don't know. I think they're giving him the benefit of the doubt that you can kind of thread the needle on that one. But that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. He's got a a bit of a yeoman's work ahead of him. So we'll see what that looks like.
0: I like that. Yeah, he does. Uh, The 10-year yield to 2.36. So bonds are on the move. Uh, This morning is just a quick look at sectors. We've got financials up a percent. Everything except for energy, crude oil has cooled off a tad, down about 90 bips this morning. Uh, but maybe we should focus on Nike, uh, Joe, because it's got a nice rally, 6%. Analysts are saying they did exactly what they should to provide some relief. Uh, what do you think?
1: I think the biggest takeaway from that report is their movement to continue to build on the digital sales space. I think looking at what they've been able to do with direct sales, kind of Pulling away from that wholesale model uh, and continuing to grow margins, I think that's the key. I mean, direct sales were 4.6 billion, up 15%. Uh, you know, they beat on the uh, on the EPS; uh, they beat by 15 cents, and then and uh, the revenue was 10.87 billion, that beat by about 260 million. But I think the key to that report was how they're generating those sales and how they're being able, and how they're continuing to do it more on an internal basis and keeping those margins high. That, to me, is the key. Gross margins increased by 100 basis points, or basically 1% to 46%. Those are good numbers.
0: Uh, A lot of the analysts said, kind of previewed, that this was going to be a complicated report. Morgan Stanley said it was tough to predict going into it, but uh, given that I think uh, the stock has been pretty punished, uh, is a Mm -hmm. fair way to describe it, right? We were down like 20% coming into this report. It seems like uh, as long as they clear the earnings hurdle, that maybe even some of the you know top line growth which has slowed a little bit down to a yeah. a low to mid single digit seems like the market's okay as long as it beats the bottom line
1: that seems the case now i will say this look at where it's finding a little bit of resistance here on the pop you know you talked about from the fundamental basis the charts here you got the, that 50-day moving average right around 139 mm. ran up right into that uh, on the morning and seems to be kind of finding a little bit of resistance there uh it, it's it's this is a company, and, and I will say this: um, they gave guidance for the next quarter, but they didn't really give guidance for the next fiscal year. And I think that's important as well too. That'll be a hurdle that the stock kind of needs to get through. Remember, Nike doesn't doesn't do a traditional uh, fiscal year like uh, ending, on, ending at the end of December. So their their year ends next quarter, and they did not give any guidance beyond that. So you know, the stock is still down about twenty percent year to date. So we'll we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see if this uh, if this pop has some legs to it, or if it's short lived.
0: I like the uh, context on the chart. Uh, I'm looking at 140 bucks is right where Nike was in the summer earnings from last year. That was the one that uh, sent the stock soaring. It was already after a really nice $30, $40 rally in Nike during the COVID period and pandemic, and then it kind of petered off at the start of last year, kind of similar to this year where we had some of the growth companies coming off and Nike drifted. Then, bam, they hit that big report that uh, you can see in the gap up. So we're basically kind of like right at that gap. So I like the point technically about uh, how this might be a bit of a a battleground. Um, So we'll see if relief uh, can turn into something else a big reversal at least i guess it's um you know good to know that the china stuff wasn't worse than expected i think the analysts <laughs> were really uh, worried about that number uh and even though it was down that's kind of something we've understood at this point it seems like when it comes to all things connected to china we're in this period of relief right now
1: no, that is true and you know nike also talked about uh, uh upping their the re, the repurchase program too and i think uh the, the street like to hear about that everything china uh it kind of moves beyond just the nike and i think the next stop we're going to talk about is baba a little yeah. bit. wow take a look at what's happened to those, those chinese internet names over the last just week i mean basically within a couple of days you went from potential delisting to uh, China government stepping in and said, we're going to give support to these names. We're going to give support to the market. You've got 40% moves, Oliver, 40 to 50% move in some of these names literally within the last couple of days. Uh, and Baba being one of those, You know, they, they up their share repurchase program to 25 billion from 15 billion. The street likes that. Uh, you know, The stock has just had, uh, you, you want to talk about volatility in a, in a nutshell. The stock's been all over the map uh it was it was beloved a couple weeks ago when charlie munger started to take a position then it was hated when everybody thought it it had the potential of delisting and then uh the chinese government steps in and and, and kind of talks up that sector and then you get 40 percent pop so this is uh this is one of those stocks that if you're an options gamma trader you love these names uh but if you're one of the faint of heart this thing can give you some palpitation
0: You mentioned uh, buybacks in the case for Nike, Alibaba, $25 billion. And uh, another kind of um, symbolic uh, news item here right after uh, the government's commentary last week, buying back shares is a sign of comfort with their situation. Maybe the government's uh, not breathing down their neck quite as hard. They deploy some of that capital. I mean, $25 billion is a pretty big deal uh, and a 12% rally in the stock on a broader rally of 4% for Chinese stocks as a whole. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's hard to know, you know, how what the math is behind the buyback for for share price, earnings, whatever. We're not doing that math, but seemingly from a kind of symbolic perspective, you don't really do that unless you feel pretty good about what's going on.
1: I would I would assume that that would be the case. I mean, remember, Oliver, this stock was seventy five dollars last week, so you a forty dollar move in this name. Uh, how much more upside is there to go? I, you know, I don't know. The company has already had already purchased back about fifty six million dollars of the ADRs, uh, and you know, as you mentioned, the the, the share repurchase went to twenty five billion from fifteen billion. So, look, the stock's had a nice move already. Uh, will this be the that next leg to kind of push it up? I think if you put it in context, you still have to remember that shares are still down about forty five percent from wow. last year. Like I said, this thing has just been uh, a beast, and it's kind of hard to wrap your head around sometimes.
0: And then on the uh, total decline of 75% from the high, I guess if you're not yeah. buying back your shares, like f- between 40 to 60% off your uh, – high than it <laughs> then, then when <laughs> do you, right? you are doing
1: it? as a CFO, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, when you're not doing it in that scenario, then uh, that's probably not a great sign of confidence. So, I don't know, maybe, they, maybe their hands are tied. Maybe they kind of have to do something like this here. Uh, but, uh, I mean, just across the board, is it possible, uh, Joe, that um, what we heard last week from uh, the Chinese leadership might be uh, uh, outweighing what we're hearing here from our own central bank? I mean, it seems like the China stocks, you could basically... Put a a tick right there on the low for the broad global equity markets this last week when China got positive.
1: Well, remember this though: there's a lot of people that have been saying that these China names are untouchable, like you just you you couldn't own them. uh, And if you can't if you can't own them because of the fear of delisting, then you remember then the larger the large portfolios, the hedge funds, the mutual funds, they they're going to have a hard time owning them as well too. You've seen a lot of it. The Matthews Fund is a big name. Uh, that that invests a lot in these Chinese names, they've already shifted a big uh, a big percentage of their mix from the ADR, the New York listed shares, to the Hong Kong listed shares, out of concern for that. So you've already started to see that that take place. And if this can kind of slow down that momentum and say, okay, well, maybe we can trust that the ADRs uh, will continue to, to stay listed. Those are American depository receipts will continue to stay listed in New York. Then you, you might find a little bit more of a tradable bottom and maybe that's what's happening.
0: Yeah, the... Uh- uninvestable uh, label that was given to china by an analyst uh, just a week ago not uh, maybe mm-hmm. not the uh ideal timing or who knows maybe it was the perfect timing maybe uh that uh, uh analyst uh was uh, heard around the world maybe that's so uh, what did it uh, she said you know what we mm-hmm. can't be uninvestable whatever it may be the timing for it basically was at the bottom uh, all right that's right uh let's talk some other earnings here stocks are doing okay so far Uh, But, uh, yeah, we're up about 60 bips, so the NASDAQ's on the move. Even Carnival's up a percent. It looked like maybe it was going to get slammed at the open here. Uh, They missed their earnings uh, by almost as much as the – Street thought they were going to lose to begin with. They lost uh, seventy almost uh, compared to an $0.89 cent estimate. Sales $1.6 billion, less than two point three. Uh, but as the market firms up, Carnival seems like it's getting a bid with it. I'm not sure, though. That initial tick down seemed like there was some conviction that these earnings kind of stink.
1: I, I saw the numbers come across, and then I had to quick check the monitor. and I had to double check it because I said – how is this thing not pulling back a bit? But right. you know, it's it is interesting. It's
0: this is another one of those names, and and,
1: and Oliver, I think we are in a bit of an environment right now where it's, you know, things have been beaten up. And you, you're in your oversold territory, and you get a little bit of a bounce. And uh, you know, we're starting to ease a lot of the the COVID uh, restrictions, you know, nationwide. Now, could that? It's, to me, this is this is going to be more of, the, of a COVID story, right? Could could the new strain become something that, um, you know, that that inhibits their growth going forward? We haven't seen that yet, nor have we seen any indication from our, you know, our local government said that, that, that there's any uh, any thought of maybe turning back to where we were before. Uh, and so carnival is pretty well positioned for, you know, the the spring and summer travel. Uh, So we'll see what kind of that looks like. But yeah, when I saw those flash numbers go by, I was really shocked to see this thing is basically unchanged on the day.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's um, getting a nice little uh, lift here uh, from the market. And uh, they're okay across the board, not doing... Uh, a whole lot of, uh, you know, uh, big swingy action. But, hey, we'll give it a minute here. Uh, we keep uh, it ticking higher in stocks. So uh, Cruz is getting a little uh, of uh, some love alongside it, even though these uh, carnival earnings uh, were kind of a bomb. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. amazing the analysts still are having trouble getting their head around uh, the numbers here, you know. It's just to, to miss by that much. Uh, I know that we obviously had a lot of COVID complications up until about, you know, a month and a half ago here in the states with omicron and all that so i guess maybe some of that uh here showing up and analysts couldn't quite figure out how that particular uh, wave of the virus impacted them maybe
1: yeah i don't know all i know is that whatever island those people were on that looks like the place to be <laughs> me right now because that looks fantastic beats the heck I mean,
0: out of here watching jay powell
1: yeah i'm looking at a roller coaster on this uh this cruise. <laughs> That's fantastic. where do i get one of those how do i how do they sign me up for that yeah no I, look, the Americans have been bottled up literally for two years, and I think that they're ready to kind of get out and about. And uh, and whether or not you know that that means that you know you're going to see earnings tick up for Carnival Cruise Lines, I think that the the idea of um, you know what this travel sector looks like and the, the hotel and leisure sector could look like over the next six months. You got to remember, markets are forward pricing, right? So they're looking six to twelve months out, and I think that there you know the the belief is that we might you know it's very possible that we have kind of hit a bottom in that sector and then it's time uh, to see these these names kind of turn around a bit so maybe that maybe that's where you're seeing the the unchanged on what you know kind of look like some awful numbers
0: jets up one percent airlines okay Mm -hmm. uh seems like uh the worst should definitely be passed for the travel industry but yet these stocks seemingly uh the last uh six months just keep managing to find uh lower lows uh hey i got one more for you before i let you go joe uh upgrades downgrades Goldman sachs apparently has a preference in it smokes and uh, downgrades <laughs> Phil Morris, but upgrades uh, Altria. Are uh, SIGs going to be our way through this volatile time? The chart of Altria looks pretty good. I mean, heck, PM doesn't look bad either.
1: Yeah, you got to remember, though, Philip Morris got about uh, 10% exposure to that Eastern European block. and I That's think right, that's yeah. Why. That, that's why that name is pulled back a little bit more than Altria. And Altria's got a little bit more diversified kind of basket of goods. You've got the, some of the food products in there as well, too. And they're a little bit more, uh, U.S. centrics in, in terms of their sales, but you know, uh, hey, sometimes boring is better uh, when you're looking at some of these staples names. And uh, and as of right now, uh, like you said, you know, there, there's a shift, right? The, the shift is more towards uh, you know what you can see kind of on the Altria side, the you know the MO versus the Philip Morris side, which is really more kind of nicotine and cigarette driven. And like I said, that exposure to what you're seeing in the in the Eastern European bloc, Ukraine and Russia. Uh, that kind of, uh, you know, provides some volatility to those revenues and earnings, whereas uh, uh, Altria has a little bit more stability in that. And I think that that's probably, when you talk about uh, Bonnie Herzog from Goldman Sachs, kind of upgrading Altria uh, to a $57 price target and downgrading uh, Philip Morris, I think that was some of the thought behind that. Just And the other thing to remember, too, is in this type of environment, when you're looking for some stability, you've got, uh, you know, dividend yields around 7%. Uh, on Altria, so, and, and a forward PE at around 11. So there's a little bit a, a little bit more kind of uh, stability in terms of the earnings, the product mix, uh, the dividend yields, and then the the price, the multiple that you're paying.
0: Like that uh, spread analysis uh, that we're getting here. Spread traders rejoice. You got um, a difference between two very similar companies that's showing up on the chart in a yeah. very interesting way. You know, you don't get that very often, uh, usually, sectors uh, are the kind of primary direction, but stocks really going opposite ways here within the same category. Joe, great stuff. Nice walk through here this morning. Appreciate it, Mr. M. Great work here, Director and Trader Education, Charles Schwab. Talking some companies with us.